0: The U.S.L. show, also known as the View for Soccer.
1: I gave a very pro wrestling heel turn. I'm sorry you were offended. Apology. The U.S. military
2: discussing what a naruto run is for the Area 51 grade. I feel angry, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
3: disappointed.
1: everybody, welcome to the USL show. Um, thankfully not paid by the Charlotte Independent. Well, we wouldn't be anyway, but luckily not funded by the Charlotte Independence. More on that later. Um, your host, your favorite cheesemonger, Evan Malala. Hi, good to see you. Good to be seen. Gang is all here, question mark? Um, new, new, new gang? Who knows? Gang's here. Uh, it's the one half of the stats department. Pony's here. Hey, how you guys doing? Good, good, good. Um, Everything's normal in USL world, for sure. Definitely an easy week for us. Um, The other half of the stats department, Ryan Allen's here.
2: Hello, how is everyone doing tonight?
1: Doing okay. We're probably all a little bit busy playing football manager, (laughs) I imagine. Or at least three of us are. Um, morning, nope, four of us now cuz Kayler finally got on the bandwagon. So
3: I did. Yeah, that's good. The that's first good. day of the rest of your life.
1: Yep, yeah, there's the gateway drug baby. Um <laughs> we can and I said his it. name so I guess I'll introduce him formally. It is Kayler Hodges, who has not gotten lost hopefully in playing as the Birmingham Legion in Football Manager yet because he doesn't know how to download that pack, but that's
0: Correct. That's
1: the 200 <laughs> level course. We'll get there when we get there. And then last but not least, um if there was a game called High School Band Manager, he'd probably be pretty okay at it. Um, he loves himself a good check pattern, knows how to write some drill. Maybe we haven't talked about it, Alan Underwood.
4: Uh, yes, I have in the past written drill, and I never want to do it again. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, I,
1: it's it's this is this is I I would love to see the overlap of who this is for. <clears throat> On this podcast, Um, it's like fun when you start because there's a bunch of X's and things, and you can make stuff move. But then you have to realize that you're kind of doing that to make it work in real life, and like with attention spans and human error and things. And then it becomes a lot, a lot less fun.
4: Especially if you know the kids, you're like, I don't want that kid doing that move, and there's no way to get him out of that spot. So
0: I guess. And actually,
1: you know who's been that kid doing that move? Kayler's been that kid doing that move.
0: (laughs) That is true. Yeah. And this is where I this is where I ask you, are you a Pyware kind of guy? Uh, yes, I bought Pyware specifically because when I was in
4: college they made me do it by hand, and I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever done in my entire life. So Pyware and Sibelius are how I rolled when I had to design a show.
1: And now that we're done with the podcast for the three people that just talked about drill writing apps and my father would be so proud of me. Um, <laughs> this
0: is my degree.
1: Uh, you know, hey, for once, let's talk about the football, shall we? Um, I think we shall. The uh, The conference semifinals took place this weekend, and then were immediately kind of overshadowed by things that happened earlier in the week. <laughs> for some teams, I guess. Um, I don't know. I, I guess we'll start on the East Coast because why not? Uh, Kaler, your boys admirable. Still one no loss to the uh, the stacked Tampa Bay Rowdies at
2: home.
0: I mean, um, I said this on um, many a platforms at this point. For sure. I'm very proud of the boys and the work that they did. I'm very happy with what they did, but that game could have lasted for nine more games and they were never going to score because they were never put into a pos- position to score yeah. because I, I love the man. Tommy Stone is a great human and he has built a wonderful culture here in Birmingham. And I think he does have some tactical genius in there, just not when it comes to big games. Hmm. There's one thing that him and Pep Guardiola have in common is that they overthink the big one. And it's just... That match was just like... It and it was the same thing that we saw against Louisville City. Of the entire match, it looked like they were playing for extra time, or they were playing for the draw, or they were mm. praying that they could get the penalties because he ne- he would rather lose one nil than try to win and be blown out three nil or more. Mm. Mm. And no matter what, you're going to lose. Who cares about the score line? Just try to win. And that was that's a lot of the frustration of the Legion right now. Yeah, and to Fair. me, I think well, the dangerous part from playing Tampa is
3: you can't let them score first, because Tampa Bay has won every single game this season where they have scored first. So, it's kind of one of those weird scenarios where they're a very good defense, but if you could get the first goal, you actually have a good shot. But you can't give up that first goal while trying to score first. I mean, I think Birmingham trying to—I mean, I think trying to play for maybe a counter goal. Is the best chance to beat Tampa this year But I'm not quite sure Birmingham's the best team to play for a counter goal Against Tampa here mm. But they, I don't, yeah, I don't really have the best I mean, I see, I see Brad Birmingham game Maybe every other week Type one, so I'm not quite as as their ability to play counter But I don't think that's quite the forte
0: from what I've seen So It can be They just chose not to Basically We are very good at building from the back, specifically whenever we can get the ball to Johnny Dean, which, as we saw from this last game, except for one occurrence that happened, I think, around the 30-minute mark, um, basically Johnny Dean pretty much single-handedly, along with Anderson Sedu, shut down Leo Fernandez. I mean, he had no impact on the game whatsoever because he is that good defensively. And Johnny Dean might be the single fastest human in the USL, and I'm willing to defend that to the day that I die. And we just never try to get the ball to him. When he has the ball at his feet, he can do wonderful things, but instead the Legion tried to go for the miracle long ball, the prayer ball that they hope would get over the defense. Well, for some reason we forget that Forrest Lasso is seven foot twenty and the ball's not going to get over his head. Mm-mm. And so really the way to beat Tampa Bay to me is maybe go for the long ball, but don't put it on don't put it in the air. Mm-hmm. Because J.J. Williams is tall, but Nico Brett is not. <laughs> If you want to beat them, go to the ground, play low crosses, and hope it doesn't get blocked along the way because that's where we had the most success whenever J.J. Williams was not being marked by four slasso. And especially in
2: the playoffs, it just seems like uh, of all the teams you want to just uh, throw everything at, it would be the number one seed Tampa Bay Rowdies in this playoffs that is willing to take a risk to try and knock them off because your season's probably going to end if you can't... It's going to end if you can't do so.
0: I think the big frustration with it comes as well. I don't know if we would be as upset about this if the Pittsburgh situation didn't happen (sighs) because, (sighs) I mean, at this point, us beating Tampa Bay our only chance to get our first playoff game at home would have been the USL final. And that's what we were banking on was maybe, maybe on this soft chance we could beat Tampa Bay and get our first ever home playoff game because a Halloween party decided to screw that up. Yeah. And then we didn't even go for it. And I think that's really what caused the massive amounts of frustration because we moved on to the semifinals, but we didn't win to get there. So it felt like we were just there to play and not, us earning our way if that makes sense
1: well I think the problem in some ways too is like except for the team that uh, they're going to play in the Eastern Conference Final for what feels like the 18th time every team's version of throwing everything you have at Tampa Bay isn't as good as Tampa Bay throwing everything they have at you just because of how deep they are So it's this weird, like, you almost kind of admire Birmingham for not caving. Um, And then it just comes down to, okay, is there going to be a chance for you there? No. And hopefully, you know, who knows? And, And I think Danny Cruz has a little bit more just ungodly firepower at his disposal on his bench. And, and maybe in the team in general, when it comes to finishing nothing against, you know, JJ Williams, but uh, we'll see. Uh, cause well, especially after everything we found out in the last week or so about the Charlotte independence and their front office, Louisville city eliminated them from the playoffs, which is good.
0: Thank because,
1: God. Good Lord. Um, We'll talk about the game first, I guess. Uh, Cameron Lancaster from the penalty spot. Did everybody did everybody see the penalty? Not the actual what kick. Was kick was good. Kick was really good. Cam Lancaster good at finishing. Who would have thought? But the actual infringement itself, did everybody did we all see it? Yes.
0: Correct yes, me Soraya. if I'm wrong. Yeah. But that. was that the one that was like on the edge of the box that could have been considered it a free was, kick or It was an
1: initial handball at the edge of the box and then a second little head pat to the ball uh, inside of the box and the referee awarded the the foul I guess according to the second one. I, I, I suppose continuation is a thing too and it was a foul that kind of on the ball that started outside the box and then continued into the box. I don't know. Um, I, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily mad about it being called a penalty just because the, the first one, I guess you can kind of argue that it was a natural position for the defender's arm to be in. And then the second one, it looked like he just kind of like booped it, um, which isn't, you're not supposed to do that with your hand in, in soccer match. Um, but Cam Lancaster finishes and now the Charlotte independents are not getting paid. So, um, there's that.
3: I think you're only allowed. those weird teams. I'm not coming over. But Charlotte's one of those weird teams where you want to root. The players are probably some of the most rootable players in the league, and the ownership is the exact opposite. So it's really hard to figure out what I like to think about Charlotte because I would love the players to go on a deep run and win a cup, and I don't think there's – I'd rather see some – Obscure MLS to a team who doesn't seem to care about anything, win the cup, then D'Amico yep. won the cup. Yep. Yep.
4: Yeah, I think booping is only allowed on dog noses, not so much soccer yep. balls in the box. Yeah. 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 Um,
1: Especially San Diego supporters groups' dog noses. Too. Correct.
4: Correct. The yeah. cutest of dog noses. Um, yeah, I thought it was maybe a little bit unfortunate. I, I don't think this is one of those ones where oh, it's like for sure. blatantly yeah. obvious or the guy trying to make himself bigger or trying to punch it out of the goal, you know. But. You know, you you kind of feel bad, hard done, especially at the end of the game where there's not a lot of time to, like, pull even. Um,
1: When he ends up kicking the penalty in, like, stoppage time, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah.
4: yeah. And, like, I I saw it after the fact. I was like, oh, dang. So something happened. uh, Maybe got bailed out at the last minute. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's one of those with, with a team like Louisville, like, You know, sometimes the ball bounces your way, sometimes it doesn't, and in the playoffs, it seems to bounce Lou City's way more often than it doesn't. Um, And again, they're in. Yeah, you said like the 18th time. Um, Might as well at the beginning of every season just put Lou City in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then everyone else can battle it out for that second spot. It seems like. Yeah. Um,
1: And even that group is getting a little bit short. (laughs) <laughs> right? Unfortunately
4: uh, It means there's a 25% chance That Lou City will Host the USL final And Lou City will also host the NWSL final Which is a little bit exciting yes. um, yeah. But I-, I think this sets up kind of the, one of these Old school powerhouse Tampa Bay has yeah. to either get over A uh, perennial uh, Winner in the league To kind of get that Next star or first star Depending on how you want to debate that uh, but I think it sets up a really fun matchup Where two teams were at the beginning of the season I think most people would have been like Yeah, this is a pretty fun Eastern Conference Even though it seems to happen a lot um, I think people were Hankering for it um, Obviously Birmingham would have added a, a nice New wrinkle um, But these are the Perennial powerhouse teams that teams like Birmingham are going to be like, hey, this is This is our next hurdle And this is yep. the team we got to beat And right now we're yep. not quite there yet, but have you know, some good signs for that team.
0: You know, preseason, this is exactly where I thought this, I mean, Eastern Conference was going to be. The Western Conference is vastly different, but we'll get to that in a little bit. But, I mean, this Eastern Conference, this is pretty much the exact matchups I thought we were going to get. I thought it was going to end up being Birmingham versus Louis City or Birmingham versus Tampa Bay. And I, I didn't think Charlotte was going to be up there. I thought it was going to be Pittsburgh up there instead. But, I mean, the Eastern Conference, I think, maybe proves how dominant they are at the top. Because, at least for me as a person on the East Coast, who doesn't watch as much West Coast as I would love to, it always felt like the West Coast was so wide open that even though... El Paso and Phoenix Rising were a thing they never felt like even though they secured their division they never felt like they ran away with it the same way that Tampa Bay did at least watching them it felt different and I think watching loose city and watching Tampa Bay it they just show why they are the class of you know the east really I mean they are the beasts in the east for a reason and I think no matter what happens, they're probably going to be the favorites going into the USL finals. And Louisville
2: just knows what they're doing once they get into the postseason. It's no surprise that they've always made it to the Eastern Conference final. Well, pretty much every time they've made it into the postseason, say what you will about the penalty kick at 89 minutes. Uh, the response, the easy response to all that is Charlotte also had 89 minutes to change something about the game, and they didn't. And if you don't want the game to be decided about a penalty kick, they had their opportunity to do so and couldn't take advantage of it there's a reason why these teams who make the Eastern conference final are here year after year it's because they know what they're doing it's the same argument with me like, it's the same argument with like a bad sorry. call like you have to be a good
4: enough team to overcome like a bad call um okay. or a controversial call to be a little bit lighter to maybe a referee like if you are yelling about one call, it means you didn't do what you needed to do to win outright. Because uh, even then, that's giving you, you know, maybe a draw instead of a win. But I think uh, Ryan's right. Like you, you got to do more when you have the opportunity, especially against a team like Blue City.
0: I think it says a lot too. Whenever, maybe I just don't follow any Charlotte supporters, or maybe they none of them are left yeah, because say, they have rain and hide. Yeah, yeah, um,
1: no, none of them are.
0: Mm-hmm. but even even the front office SGs didn't even come out and say that was a bad call even they knew you know i i think you could argue the call of was it in the box was it not in the box what was actually the foul here but no one argued that it was a foul and it was so close that you can even say you can't say without definitive doubt i mean to pull up replay of like NFL or uh, NBA whatever it was like <laughs> You couldn't go back and change that call if you tried.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Yeah. There, I mean, there absolutely um, have been games in playoffs where if there was VAR, the result would have been changed or different or something along those lines. I mean, kind of thinking of going back to Phoenix RGV when that one, I think if there is VAR Phoenix, probably advanced in that one, or even going yeah. back one more year, the Phoenix Sacramento, if there is VAR that game goes to penalties, Phoenix, you're at the middle of a lot of stuff here. Congratulations. But I think if it's one where if you watch the replay and it's not, that was obviously the wrong call, you can't complain too much as a fan. Yeah, you could complain, but unless you are 100% sure, no matter what, the call is going to be overturned, if you lose after a questionable call, you still lost. I mean, that's just the way it works. If you lose after an obviously wrong call, sure, complain. Because you probably would have advanced if there was the review system, but for the most part, I think complaining about the refs is kind of a cop-out to my team didn't quite play up to the level I wanted them to, and a few maybe-shouldn't-have-been-that-way calls cost us the game when there's 20, 30 other plays that if you would have played to the extent that you know you're capable of, you would have probably scored a goal and changed the result in
1: some way, shape, or form. Hey, speaking of RGV... Well... Uh, yeah, I mean, I can make all the jokes I want about Dan D'Amico having 40 email accounts because, like, he's using all of the supporters group's accounts to now direct his weird vitriol about people reporting and him not playing his players or staff, apparently, for their, you know, salaries. And also, just as a as a reminder, apparently... A bulk of the contracts that have been set up this year uh, were until the last game, not a certain date. So, who knows what that means um, about the Charlotte Independence players getting paid. Probably it, Weird time to ratify your first arbitration, by the way. Have fun with that. That'll be a, a thing and a half. Um And it's a wonder to me that we were talking about this guy selling the team like six months ago and now there's absolutely nothing. So this is all a giant headache that everyone created themselves for not trying to get this guy out sooner or quicker or in a more efficient manner. And now we're stuck with uh, his very vocal, very nice, very um, lenient, because if I... I don't know. I, I, I like to think if maybe seventy percent of the league or people that care about that, even though that number seems to be dwindling by the day when it comes to the Charlotte Independence, were put in that same situation, you would just leave. But Brandon and Hugh and, and all those other guys are still on board. Kinda of weird that they brought in guys that have like played in the premiership in England that are putting up with this, supposedly. And I'm sure that'll be a giant headache in the off-season that no one will want to deal with in the winter meetings, but now they all have to. So, have fun with that, everybody.
0: to me, it just seems like they are... And, well, I have this theory. And maybe this isn't the place of theories, but I'm going to drop it anyway. Do it. And it is this. They are trying to ostracize themselves from the media. They are trying to make as much controversy as possible and it is all because they are going to be moving down to league one and they want to make sure that it gets talked about as little as possible i think they want to get rid of all the reporters around they want to Hmm. try to alienate themselves so much that when they move down to league one because there's no way they'll be able to survive Championship Mm -hmm. with MLS right there, especially the crap that's going on in the back room anyway. Right, that they don't want anybody around that uh, around that club to talk about the dysfunction that is moving down to League One. That's my personal theory.
1: Does anyone else want to speculate? I really like we can we can say whatever we want about this. I really don't give a shit. Um, The guy's a (laughs) terrible human being, and I think this is. The biggest embarrassment that this league has ever faced. Um, to be perfectly honest, um, yeah. I, and the good news is uh, he can't sue me because I—it's I, facts. I don't know.
0: He can't sue <laughs> me because just like half of his players, I don't have any money. Yeah. So I, yeah. No, um, this is, yeah. So if anyone I, has anything
1: to say, by all means, I don't really care.
0: Yeah. This is something that's been bothering me. And this is the last thing I'll say about it. And the league acts like they fixed the problem. I've mm-hmm. seen multiple things come out from people who work for the USL HQ that are like, people are like, well, get him out of here. And they'll post the article of like six months ago saying, well, he is out. See? <sighs> no, he's not. Stop. Yeah. Stop saying that he's out when he is still sitting in the press box. Stop saying he is out when he is When he has checks to write But refuses to write them Mm -hmm. Just because he doesn't do his job Doesn't mean that he doesn't have the job
1: I hate (sighs) Nothing says I'm a stable person And a really great owner When you're busy trash talking One of the only dedicated beat reporters In USL that's actually getting paid To do her job so she can devote The time to your team That all of us Would love to have Would have loved to have that. But no, let's get mad at Ashley for doing her job, and doing her job very well. Um, Because, you know, like, like, when someone's like, hey, you're not doing this thing, it definitely makes it seem like you're doing that thing that you're, you know, supposedly doing, when you're too busy trying to slander the person that told everyone that you're not doing that thing. Anyway... I'm going to take a second to apologize to San Antonio, RGV, Orange County, and Oakland Roots for putting that in between talking about their matches. Because, honestly, they're probably not really thrilled with being affiliated with it either. So, sorry to the Western Conference teams that played in the conference semifinals on Saturday, November 13th. And unless Alan or Ryan would like to pile on one way or the other.
4: I mean, I sometimes don't eat cereal with milk. So.
1: Wow. Same. Wow. Yeah.
4: So we're just gonna throw that hot take in there to different. Like to, we'll move that, and then I'll be the next. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: We'll we'll put a we'll put a timestamp uh, in the description, and when we release the episode, where it'll cut out at X point, and then as soon as Alan says, "I sometimes eat cereal without milk," that'll be the independence cut. <laughs> Where everyone in the USL front office and the Charlotte Independence front office can listen to it after that that part takes place.
2: It's it, like they're a safe word. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Is cereal a soup? Uh, no.
1: no, no, no. Yes. No, no, it's not. <laughs> no, they need one soup company that makes cereal. You can't. And not don't don't give me that bullshit where you do it like, well, you know, in their brand portfolio. Nope. I'm talking about like a soup company like that just makes soup that also makes cereal. Don't give me that Procter & Gamble bullshit, Ryan. I know you're trying. I see it.
2: I know. Anyway. Part of a soup is a liquid dish in stock or water.
0: Nope. Nope. I would not call. I can't. Do now, this. I'm no, no I'm a not. stalk, a stalk, whole different direction <laughs> okay, it, here. Yeah, yeah, this
1: is better than the other one. This is better for a lot of people than the other one. We're back to being agreeable. We're back to being fun. We're not talking about bounce checks and and, you know, calling out beat writers. We're talking about soup here, Pony. All right. Jesus. Yeah, I know. It's in milk milk
3: liquid that you eat with a spoon. Yeah.
1: Kind of like how money is technically not real because it's all electronic.
0: And how needs to Doesn't matter
1: thing. if I'm paying you If it's fake
0: They're being paid in Bitcoin
1: They are being paid in Bitcoin There's a new cryptocurrency It's called League One Anyway Speaking of Cryptocurrency San Antonio put RGB in a grave <laughs> On Saturday night
3: most awkward great transition one. ever, but okay.
1: Yep, it's fine. There wasn't going to be a good one.
4: San Antonio yet again. There was never
1: going to be a good one. San
4: Antonio yet again proving De- Devin Kerr right about something.
1: Yeah, if they could just stop doing that, that'd be great. <laughs> I mean, San,
3: San Antonio is good. People have been kind of sleeping on this whole year, but they are a very good team, and they've kind of proved these first few weeks.
0: Yeah. I think what I really enjoy about San Antonio well, was exactly what you know, Landon Donovan said or on that press release that was posted on Twitter, which I can never put my thumb on if I like the things that the Loyal post on Twitter or not. It's just always weird to me. But like, yeah, they love to foul. They love to get you in bad situations. When the Legion played there a couple months ago, I was like, God, I hate these guys. I wish they played for my team. You know, like, they are they play just a little bit dirty. They get under your skin. And, yeah, just watching, that, watching the match uh, the other day, it was like you could tell that RGV was just frustrated to be alive. And as a neutral, it is so much fun to watch them.
4: It's like they waited. They had, like, an extra gear that they're like, let's just get to the playoffs and then – Um, they put in an extra gear because like watching them play San Diego I was very impressed with that amount of energy and pressure they started the game with and they're like punching teams in the face that aren't expecting to be punched in the face by San Antonio Um, and maybe San Antonio taking a little page out of like a loose city playbook where it's not necessarily about always winning your division or your conference it's about putting yourself in a position to be successful in the postseason uh, and then making sure you can go go deep in that postseason and like San Antonio looks like real good like if Phoenix mm-hmm. and El Paso were still in like San Antonio would for sure be like a pick for people still because they're playing a, a type of soccer yeah. that is like it's almost undeniable like they're just they believe that they're better than you. And they're going to play like mm. they're better than you, both <laughs> offensively and defensively. And offensively.
1: they mostly are. Yeah,
4: yeah I mean they're yeah. they're a, like, I, I don't think at the beginning of the season people were like San Antonio's going to be, you know, uh, amazing this year. They're like, well, San Antonio's going to be San Antonio. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens in the postseason. And they are showing up and showing out this year. And that's, I mean, that's a good thing for that that franchise. I think they've deserved it, um, and I, I think they're a fun team to watch. Um, they were aggravating against San Diego for sure, but watching them play with the same thing, like yeah, I I would love for that to be my team. Like they score goals, yeah. they defend like crazy, so you like both ends of the pitch. They get you hyped up about both ends of the pitch. Uh, they play for each other. Uh, you can tell that they have this like cohesive unit that really hypes good play, and it's just it's it's just a fun a fun team to follow. Uh, so. It's not surprising that they're doing this well in the postseason. Um,
2: And I think Orange County is going to have their hands full uh, at home next week. It makes me regret picking San Antonio as my first pick of the uh, survivor pool because Mm -hmm. this round would be the round I would really would have preferred to have taken San Antonio. And now due to the process of elimination and who I think is going to win the cup this year, I'm pretty much by default having to take OC and hope that they managed to take off an upset over San Antonio here, but yeah, they've look the San Antonio has looks like the most complete team in the Western conference this year, arguably the uh, one team who really hasn't had any difficulties up to this point in any match that they've faced to this round. But it'll be interesting to see going forward, how they can kind of sustain that in the West final and potentially the USL final.
0: Something that always impresses me about San Antonio and what I'm really impressed with through throughout the entire season is, I, and I don't have like FopMob or anything up, I have my stat sheet, which might be wrong, so I could be totally off here so somebody can correct me, but they're averaging just under two goals a game on like 44% possession, which is one of the best in the league to one of the worst in the league. And I'm one of those people that will scream from the top of the rooftops that possession is the most pointless stat, and you shouldn't use it to say, well, this team dominated. Because, I mean, if I remember correctly, San Antonio only had 33% of the ball, scored three goals. It does not matter. And I think what makes San Antonio so impressive is that yeah, their defense is awesome. It gets under your skin. They press the crap out of you out of the final third and or in their in their attacking third. So they win the ball back in dangerous areas and they just shoot the ball immediately. And if you just look at if you just look at possession per goal ratio, they have to be the most efficient team in the entire USL. But it feels like they also get all the shots in the world and it's so strange to see, but it's really impressive to watch.
4: Yeah, San Antonio, 29% possession against San Diego, and had more shots on target. Like three to one. Like yeah, twenty-nine and I think thirty-three. You're right. It's like it's insane.
1: Yeah. It was uh it was thirty-three percent possession against RGV and thirteen to nine on shots. Six to three on shots on target, in fact. (laughs) So that's stupid. Um and also to Allen's point, like Jose Gallegos has played there for a little bit now, and he's hell of fun to watch, and so that would make me want to watch this team even more. It, it's it's a good time. Also, just as a as a really nothing side note, um, Elvis uh, Amo had the best pound I've ever seen in my life. He literally could not have put that like any farther into the top corner of the net. No, and it was. Actually kind of fascinating that he did that because it meant basically nothing. Actually, that's... No, yeah, it meant nothing. They were down 3 nothing, And he was like, let me just hit this really sweet penalty. And, and I almost feel bad because if it was in the other game in the Western Conference, better transition... You're welcome. Thanks, everybody. Uh, then it would have mattered more if it happened in regular time. Orange County 6-5 over Oakland Roots, uh, not after... Regular time, that's a penalties final. So it's a 1-0 win for Orange County. And they will move on to the conference finals. This would have been a really crazy story for Oakland Roots, by the way. Who uh, beat El Paso so bad in the conference quarterfinal that Mark Lowry had to move to Indy 11 or something.
3: Yeah, there were a few odd moments in this one late. I mean, there's a goal called back for offside that was rightfully called back. And then the penalties, if you're watching that one, the winner was originally blocked, but called back for a keeper moving up too soon. Which, if you watch it, yes, they did. Do you want to argue it's a dumb rule the way it happened? You could do that. But technically, it was the right call. But overall, I mean, Oakland, to me, had a really weird season where they won one of their first 13 games. One. At that point, it looked like they are more likely to get like wooden spoon than they were going to not only make the playoffs, but even win a game and take someone to penalties in the second round.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And I don't know exactly who's responsible for that, because I don't know Oakland quite well enough, but Oakland's story is absolutely amazing. And if they could build on that, like right now, if you had to make me guess... The you know seedings for next year, if we're gonna say maybe it's gonna they're gonna combine stuff again to say there's only east only west. Mm. Oakland's the my probably three or four seed, because what they did in the second half of the year is so impressive from a team that early on looked like they were nothing for a team that when you drew you go why did we draw them we should beat them easily, and they turn into a team that just catches fire play so well with such cohesiveness and so many parts of the ball that, I mean, my hat's off to them, where they are, to me, the turnaround story of the year. Because, I mean, four months ago, if you told me Oakland not only made the playoffs, but won a playoff game and pushed a good team to the penalties, I probably would have laughed you and go, no, they're the seventh, maybe even eighth seed in the Pacific. So, I mean, Oakland... If you could build on this, you're going to have a team who's going to be one of the better teams in the West for a few years to
0: come. Oakland and and Memphis 901 probably have the craziest kind of like comeback story mm. of Memphis having to start the season late cuz they didn't even have enough players to fill the team. <laughs> Oakland crazy. Oakland having to postpone a game cuz they didn't even have a field. Right. I mean, just <laughs> absolutely craziness stories that come out of the USL this year and maybe I'm wrong maybe you guys could correct me but something I find really really interesting about these two conference finals is that I, as far as I can think this is the first time that all four teams in the finals 100% completely own their own stadium they all have their own soccer specific stadium because Al Lang is Tampa's Lynn family is Lou yep. I can't think of I know Toyota is FSA, SAFC's and then I'm pretty sure Orange County 100% owns their own stadium and to me it's just more proof that being stable and actually really going into your own club and uh, what's the word uh, I lost it Investing, investing into your own club. Oh, is it owned? Ah, oh, darn. Is well, use OC's stadium's zone by a city of Irvine, but I'm pretty sure they're the only team that. They're the plays only.
1: Them. Yeah, they they're they're trying to make a whole campus out of it, but they're the only. They're the first thing there. So I mean, it's like your point's not invalid by any stretch, but like it's it's four clubs that have clearly invested or or. Look to form sustainability at least, um, and and maybe the sustainability part I'm kind of reaching because it's definitely not the first time that all four teams in a in a conference final have done that. But I think I don't know. It's it's very much Tampa Bay and Louisville City have made it an arms race, and then it sort of feels like Orange County's trying to do it a little bit differently with their whole Scottish partnership and sort of that pathway, and then San Antonio's got a bunch of kids that can really play, and then, yeah, they have a good bit of USL depth, but it doesn't, like, this isn't for teams that feel like they've accrued all of the All-Stars that you would put into a game or whatever, and then now they're here. Um, it feels like there's a couple different ways to, you know, get to this point, and that's nice because that hasn't typically been the case unless you're uh, New York Red Bulls 2.
4: What was what was wild about the OC game was how few yellow cards were given out. I think it was yes. one yellow card, and it was to, like, an assistant coach for Orange County. Uh, yeah. I think there—it speaks to a couple things. I think yes. there was a couple moments that they probably could have carded, but the official was kind of letting them play. There wasn't—it got a little chippy late, um, but— It was pretty interesting to hear kind of the vitriol from both sets of fans not appreciating the officiating But I do have to like give props to those two assistant referees for making uh, Well, the offside call was was pretty pretty blatant um, offside Mm -hmm. uh, contrary to um, Some of the people in the stands um, that they thought it wasn't uh, but the, the goalie off the line one was the one that was like, I can't believe I'm watching this call happen. Like, this is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like, you, like, Domus didn't even know the flag went up. Like, I, I, you know, I saw the flag right away and I was like, no way he's making that call. Holy cow. And, you know, we pulled it up on an ESPN Plus in the press box and we're like, yep, he was right. Like, uh, chatting with uh, some of the Oakland folks who were there for, to run their social media accounts. And it was, it was, Courageous of those officials to be right in that moment and to make that call and I know we lambast pro referees a lot for making questionable calls or Misapplication of rules or whatever but to see Someone make a call like that and be right and be willing to make that call like congratulations to that officiating crew for doing that and like more power to you for I mean, they are getting gruff from Oakland. They were getting gruff from OC fans as they walked off the pitch, too. Like, no one was happy. But, like, they showed up, they made those calls, and they were both right. And, um, weird game. Um, some pretty good penalties. Like, goalies guessing the right way and just can't get to them because they're hugging the post or they're roofed. So, uh... As in I, I appreciated not having a huge rooting interest in either of those teams, so I didn't have to bite my nails as much but uh, Yeah, it's an hour and a half of no goals and another half an hour of no goals and then to end the game on those kind of dramatics uh, Was was a, a heartbreak for Oakland? You hate to see them go down like that um, Very rewarding for Orange County. They've been in the league for a really long time Um to finally get back to the Western Conference Finals since 2018, yeah, I know they have feel like they have some unfinished business. You know, Richard Chaplow was with the organization then as well, and to see what he's done with this team of clean sheet after clean sheet after clean sheet and one nil victories and PKs, it's it's not pretty, but all the time, but it's getting the job done.
0: Maybe it was talked about, maybe it wasn't, at least by the USL office, but. Just the fact that the Western Conference had two state derbies for, yeah. to decide the Western Conference, I mean, that's just cool. That you knew no matter what was going to happen, it was going to be Texas versus California. And I don't know, there was just something very fun about that to me. And I feel like that didn't get picked up very well. I know the Texas one did, but, mm-hmm. I mean, Oakland being North North Cali and – or. Orange County being south, you know, Cali, maybe just feels like two different states. But I feel like that should have been made a bigger deal than it was.
1: Um, Yeah, so your conference finals are set. They'll probably be pretty good matches. Uh, Louisville-Tampa Bay. Then on the other side of things, um, Orange County and San Antonio. Um, real quick, guys, do we have any... Any predictions? Is that giving away too much for the for the survival picks for everybody? I mean, I think we've been
3: making them on this, and of course, we're willing to say we could change stuff if something pops up last minute. But yep. we've been making them. I have to. I have me, to figure out who
1: I haven't picked. Yeah.
3: Yet. Uh I could pull that up if you want me to. For me, I, I have so far picked. I picked Orange County, and then Louisville. I am actually going to take Tampa Bay this round.
1: Um, yeah,
3: Evan, you've taken Louisville. you've done the same thing, except you
2: went Louisville, then Orange County.
1: That's fine. That's fine. I'll take San Antonio.
2: I took San Antonio in yeah. my first round, then I took Louisville next well. round, so I will be taking Orange County in this round. And Alan, if anyone yeah, wants to know me. who we think
1: is going to win the USL championship this year, pay attention closely <laughs> to who we're not picking in
3: these games. That's a, yeah, it's like Alan, of course, copied me, and also an Orange County in so. Tampa
1: Bay that, that we have not talked about. Now.
4: Yeah, my picks were the same well, as Ponies, we... and this is this is like okay. what's left is do you pick do you pick Tampa Bay now because you think they're going to win and you just hope San Antonio yeah. wins and so you have a pick, or do you pick San Antonio now? Thinking that Tampa Bay is gonna win, so you save that pick for the East, and uh, I'm gonna make things interesting, Pony. I'm gonna go San Antonio. That way, uh, okay. If we go, if we both survive, then we're 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 good. So I'm not gonna follow you into the fire into the finals, because then I would have to pick. If San Antonio won, then we'd be picking the same team again in the finals. So I'm gonna say San Antonio. That way, there's a little bit of drama there oh,
1: yeah. man. I've I'll essentially just made a lot of San Antonio fans kind of mad at me haven't I
3: eh, well I'll, I'll just, if, if we both make the final If I think we'll, I'm going to make some final tiebreaker questions because otherwise it's going to get it's chaotic
1: going to be, be kind of quiet around here yeah
3: we'll see what Phil says he's one of the lucky ones who actually made yeah, that... a team because he went Charlotte Orange yeah. County so he has three options.
4: Lucky him. Yeah, I was kicking myself for not picking Charlotte first.
1: I was like, ah. Brian,
2: I said I, I'm picking Orange County, and no, this that's round. that's right. You did pick. Yeah, you did he's pick. good.
1: That's right. I thought you. I thought you slipped in there on un, on Shaq Kaylor. Do you do you have a?
0: Well, I don't really. I'm not involved with the survivor pick, so I don't have to worry about strategy or stuff like you that. Can, I can just think can like a logical human. Join um. the
1: marathon. <laughs> Wait, that's true. Yeah, you, yeah you, you, have the, you have the benefit of being able to just pick who you think is going to win and not <laughs> think about
0: it. Um, I feel like the West is easier to me. I, I think it's San yeah. Antonio. Yep. I feel like that's a smart choice, but I don't know. I feel like Orange County has some magic going, but I'm going with San Antonio. As for the East, my God, I don't know. Yeah. I was pretty sure that it was going to be the Rowdies until I saw that Louisville City is paying for all of their supporters to go with their flights and the tickets and yeah. everything. They're going to have a huge showing there, and there is a chance that... It may be not half and half, but maybe 75 25, which is enough to make a massive difference. Yeah. I don't know. You could flip a coin and I could believe you. I think if any team's going to beat Tampa Bay, it's going to be Louisville. Yeah. And I also think if any team's going to beat Louisville, it's going to be Tampa Bay. So yeah. my gut is telling me Louisville, but I'm ready to be wrong. Yeah, and that's about at, a perfect like,
1: trial For trying to predict the Eastern Conference yeah. I'm uh, looking at Louisville. Every year I'm, in the playoffs so. I'm looking at Louisville, they've
3: only won one of their last Five road games Entering this one There's draws against Memphis and Atlanta Losses to Memphis and in Indy And they beat Birmingham in the last day of the year So
0: it's but I, This is Louisville They win it's when playoff it matters Louisville now. Yeah. It <laughs> yeah, is now yeah, playoff so Louisville the, you've,
1: you've forgotten that it's the, it's the Mighty Morphin Louisville City
0: because don't forget the match that they won. The one away match that they won was at the side of the division. That was basically another playoff game. We got the first round of the playoffs against Louisville away from home yeah. because playoff Louisville is just stupid.
4: Does, does Louisville also pull from their uh, connection to baseball stadiums and being successful in baseball stadiums? Like, Do they pull that magic from prior prior years?
1: They try to it kick dirt onto already. the pitcher's mound so that it's 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 higher elevated. Yeah, 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 yeah,
3: yeah. That's, I'm gonna go with that one of those first goal wins in that game. Probably, probably, maybe. Although I mean, look at Tampa. I mean, yeah. they've lost in the second half of the year. They lost one game.
0: So, but it was ugly. Yeah. It was very ugly, and I'm just why I'm leaning Louisville is that. I think a guy like Jonathan Gomez proves what he's worth in this match because he's going to be going on -on one-on-one, if I'm remembering off the top of my head correctly, with Leo Fernandez. Mm -hmm. And Jogo pretty much kept Johnny Dean in his back pocket when we played them for the division. And Johnny Dean shut down Leo Fernandez. I'm not saying it's a one plus one equals two, especially, you know, but it just feels like Jonathan Gomez is going to be the perfect counter-attack to Tampa's perfect attack. I just, we'll also have to see if Los Santos or Dos Santos is back and healthy or not. That's going to make a massive difference. Yeah. I feel it's probably like 60-40 Tampa to
3: advance. It's, I mean, if Louisville advances, I will not be shocked in the least bit.
4: You can do the yeah. prognosticator um, thing of this is really going to come down to which individuals step
3: up and <laughs> and, and make plays. Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. If it also matters, I think I looked at 538. This is the first game that Louisville is in the playoffs, that they are the underdog since they lost the championship to
2: Real Monarchs. And the last time Louisville and Tampa Never. did meet in the playoffs It was actually in the first round of the 2019 playoffs Which Louisville won at home hmm. Does Louisville now do the no
4: one believes in us Us versus the world kind of deal
2: Ooh, Maybe the, the,
1: the Patriots, the Belichick
0: That'd be uh, something See, I'm also... I feel the plot armor coming of of <laughs> Lou City hosting NWSL and the USL championships the in back-to-back weeks, and they prove that they're a soccer city and that they are going to be the gem of lower division soccer, and they will not go to MLS because they will not be tainted by what is happening there. I just feels like this is Jake Edwards just threw it in and was like, This is happening. We're doing Mm,
1: this. mm, There you go. I didn't think that the hottest take is going to be that the league is fixing matches to prevent teams from going up to MLS, but there it is. There you go. It's probably true.
0: See... Yeah, if they end up losing this match yep. Maybe their ownership says Well, this league is stupid anyway We're going to, we're going to the MLS We're taking our ball and running
1: Yeah Maybe Good way to end it We'll end it there Great Good job, everybody um, Yeah uh, By the time you listen to this Canada's on top of the World Cup qualifying in this region Which is awesome Good for them L A. Um, and uh, they already the they already said sorry about some... that. Yeah, they did apologize profusely. They, they so, they sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Not your buddy guy. And um, and I uh, anyway. ice Tech uh, something. Yeah, yeah. Ending podcasts is difficult. Watch the conference finals, and then we'll talk to you about them after they happen. Great, thanks everybody. <laughs>